given me and, and blessed me with and taking my talents and, and trying to glorify him through through uh, my passions and my talents. So. Because we need Christians whose faith is alive right now. God doesn't ask for anything in return from us. He just wants us to trust him and believe that you know he is the Almighty and sent his son Jesus here to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. I'd rather share a Bible verse on Sunday morning with an audience of 100 than just try to sell products and not make any difference at all to an audience of a million. And then it's like, well, that's settled, let's go. <laughs> we sit back and we, we develop this envious jealousy inside of us because somebody else is living the life that we want while we sit down and don't do anything about it. Get out, go enjoy it. And then of course, you know, you and I would say, get in the woods! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Rascal Lee Podcast. My name is Tyler Pruitt. I'm the host. I'm the founder of this show, and I appreciate you guys taking some time to join me today here on the Rascal Lee Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and do that. Take about three seconds, click that subscribe button, and that way you don't miss out on any of the future episodes of this show. Right now, we're in the middle of a study through the book of James. Also got some incredible guests, as always, lined up in the future. I'm working on getting those, those details squared away as we speak. Scheduling is probably the hardest part of, of having a, a podcast show, especially whenever you work a full-time job. And whenever the guests, of course, have other obligations as well. So that is something that we are working on right now. So make sure you click that subscribe button. If this is your first time joining me on the Rice Week Podcast, then thank you for taking a chance and listening to the show today. If you are a return listener, then thank you so much for continuing to show up. I appreciate all the support that you guys send my way. I mean, it's it's great to see, you know, people from all over the country and all over the world sending me messages and saying they're checking out the episodes, they're enjoying it and that kind of thing. And if you're not enjoying it, then heck, let me know too. I mean, there's always room for improvement. Um, I've never, never got it figure, all figured out, and um, I'm far from it, actually. So feel free to uh, send me a message. Let me know what you guys think about the show. I'm on Instagram at the handle at RiceKillEat, so you guys can check me out there. Uh, I use Facebook every once in a while just to make some posts and that kind of thing, but I'm most active on Instagram, so you guys can find me on there at the handle at RiceKillEat. Now, also, I wanted to go ahead and share and ask that you guys uh, check out what Wes Ireton is doing with his YouTube series called also called Rise Kill Eat. He's got a great show on there. He'll be putting out some episodes throughout this calendar year just to kind of put those things out there. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to see basically what Wes is doing, what God has put on Wes's heart. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, you can check out his website, ricekilleat.com. And also on there, you can listen to the rice kill eat podcast so he's got a he was gracious enough to put a a link for the show for this podcast show on his website and i'm definitely appreciative of that so make sure you guys go check that out so today as i was saying uh today is part three of this james series that we've been kind of working through um this is something i've been wanting to do for a while and uh, if you guys have listened to the first two parts of this you've probably heard me already say this but something i've wanted to do for a while and something i've uh you know really didn't have the resources or I guess confidence in myself to be able to do it. But, you know, God just put it on my heart to, to do it. So I'm literally 
kind of putting the pieces together as as we're going along here. So today, what we're going to dive into is is James one verses nineteen through twenty five. All right. So in the first part of this, we discuss verses one through eight, and basically how trials and hard times produce perseverance in our faith in God, and how we are completely and solely reliant on God as a result. And he in these uh, these moments, these troubling moments, are a way for us to to build up that faith in Him. You know, I think it's a, a lie from the devil himself to say that God only wants us happy and that, you know, nothing bad ever happens to us. And if we have, you know, enough faith and, you know, nothing, nothing bad will ever happen, happen to, uh, to us. And I, I think that's just not true. And I think that's supported by James one, one through eight. I think we experience these types of hard situations for the purpose of, of building up our faith because that ultimately, I mean, this life is, it's a stepping stone. I mean, this isn't, where we're meant to stay like you know this is this world here this is not this is not our final destination so be sure to go check out part one of that and then in part two we got into verses 9 through 18 so basically is the kind of the progression of how how sin kind of works in our lives um you know the first part of that is deception so it says do not be deceived so by being deceived you know we give in to the desire and then we act on that desire, which is our form of disobedience. And then disobedience is basically sin, and the wages of sin is death. So there's a progression that we talked about that David Platt mentions in his uh, Christ-centered exposition books, where we start with that deception, work through desire, disobedience, and death. But the good news is Christ has already defeated death. He's defeated sin. So those of us who have our faith in him and who he is, as the Messiah and the Son of God, our sin and our death has already been handled. You know, those are two things that we have the biggest issues with in this life is sin and death. We do the things we don't want to do, and then as a result, we're going to die from it. But those of us, like we said, that have our faith in Christ, we already got that part dealt with through the, the sacrifice of Jesus. So make sure you guys go check out part two of this study. So again, today is part three. We're going to get into James one verses 19 through 25. So I'll go ahead and read this passage all the way through, and then we'll kind of break apart uh, different things, different notes I have here throughout that. So verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect wall, the wall of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So that's what we're going to get into today. I mean, I know that you guys that have been through through these uh, these parts with me, you know that I mentioned before how, how heavy James is, and that's, that's certainly true in this passage as well, in this section here as well. Uh, I mean, he, he comes out swinging. I mean, that's, that's what I love about, uh, James, the book of James, because it's a, it's a small book, 
but it's heavy. So let's dive right into to verse 19 here. Um, right off the bat, he mentions three, gives us three commands here. So quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. All right, so whenever I'm looking at these these three commands that James has given us, what I'm seeing is that quick to hear basically means to hurry up and listen. All right, so that's what I'm kind of kind of getting from from what he's writing here. And you know, whenever I think of that, you know, obviously there is an urgent or like an important message that that James is trying to get to us. So hurry up and listen. We have to be willing to listen to what is being said. So I think this can be used in in a variety of different ways. So slow to speak basically just means shut up like quit talking and quit you know trying to think ahead to what you're going to respond to you know whether it's reading god's god's word whether it's reading your bible you know whether it's you're in an argument with somebody or you're in a discussion with somebody instead of trying to think ahead to what you're going to say you know just be quiet be slow to speak think about what you're going to say first listen and understand before you speak I think that's, uh, you know, in a roundabout way, that's what James is kind of getting at here. And then slow to anger. I think it's interesting that he throws in the slow to anger part because, uh, you know, we'll see it a little bit more here in verse 20. But slow to anger, I mean, I think it just basically means to chill out. Like, don't don't be so uptight and don't be so, uh, I guess, lashing out at people, you know, especially in the, in the midst of a confrontation. It's not necessary for us to to want to be angry at somebody you know, immediately. So hurry up and listen. You know, there's an urgent message here. Shut up and slow, slow down as far as what you feel like you need to say, and then just chill out. I mean, I think we, in the case of approaching the Bible with these commands, I think we have to be humble when we, when we're approaching the word of God. I don't think it's good for us. You know, this is, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm thinking here. I don't think it's good for us to to come to the Bible and be looking for specific things that it, it that we want it to say. All right, so what I mean by that is that we need to listen to what God is telling us whenever we're reading the Bible. You know, this is the Word of God. If we truly believe that it's the Word of God and God speaks to us through His Word, all right, we have the opportunity to speak to Him, you know, through the act of prayer, and it's a conversation. It has to be a conversation here. We we hear what he tells us through his word. We speak to him our thoughts and our and our prayers through the act of prayer. You know, that's a there's more that we could add to that, of course, but you know, I think in a in a very superficial way, and I guess in a think in a very uh basic way, that's that's pretty much how we have our conversations with God and how we have that opportunity. So I think it's important for us to to hurry up and listen to what God is saying here. You know, whenever we're studying the Bible, listen to what he's saying. This is an urgent, important message, what he's trying to get to us. And I think we also need to be slow to speak. You know, I think we definitely need to be slow to speak when it comes to that. How are we going to respond to God? Well, let's first of all, let's slow down and and listen. All right. So and I definitely think it's uh, as far as the, the slow to anger goes, you know, I think too often we're ready to to respond to something immediately. You know, there may be. I think of uh, I think it's in Luke twelve when when Jesus is telling the the rich man to sell all of his possessions, uh, you know of course the selfish I guess everyday sinful person is going to be like you know how in the world can I get a get around this you know Jesus is telling me to sell everything and and to be you know humble and to be uh, mindful of of the possessions that I have 
you know, I'm, I'm looking for a way to get, get around this, but you know, rather than trying to respond to that and we're trying to come out at that and, and think of a way to get around it, I think we have to listen to what Jesus is telling us to listen to what God is telling us in this message, you know, and then think before we, we react and just listen to what God has to say. So verse 20, I think is a, a continuation of what is being said here it says for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So I think, you know, there is a time for anger. There is a time to be upset. There is a time to be, to be mad. I think, you know, we see that in the in the life of Jesus whenever he's flipping tables. I mean, that's one of one of the most epic, awesome, you know, scenarios when, when Jesus is coming in and flipping these tax collectors' tables. It's he's an emotional person. He was fully God, fully man, and he was showing his emotion in that. So I think there is a time when we have the opportunity to be uh angry, you know, at certain certain things that are going on. But I think in the case of this, verse twenty. It says the anger of man. Okay, so the selfish anger, this anger that, you know, that is uncontrollable. This anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I think that's just a continuation of what is being said in verse 19. So the anger of man is not equal. It does not produce the righteousness of God. And the word of God in the ways of this world, they just simply don't flow together. So I think, like we said, there is a time for this. And then the intention behind the anger is what is uh what's important to kind of distinguish here and to use discernment for. So kind of flowing along here to verse twenty one, uh, says that therefore, in response to you know what was said in verses nineteen and twenty, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. All right, so we have to do that first. All right, and as we continue on in this verse, so that or and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so this is a, a big verse. This is a lot going on here in this. So the first thing I want to kind of look at is the the putting away of filthiness and rampant wickedness. All right, so essentially what I think James is kind of putting at here is to put away the ways of this world. Because right before this verse, he was talking about how the anger of man is not equivalent, does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21 is again addressing some things of this world. So put away the ways of this world, all right? So that filthiness, that rampant wickedness. And immediately whenever I read this, I thought of Galatians 5. So in that, Paul is writing, and this is closer to the end of of this actual book. In Galatians, he is listing out you know, a list of, of sins. He's listing out those that are guilty of these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So some of those things are sexual immorality, uh, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, um, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. There's that that again. All right, so there's a whole list of things that Paul is listing out here that shows the fruit of the world being manifested in the behavior of those that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, I think the point that he's making here in Galatians 5 is that those that are practicing these things, they do not have Christ within them, okay? Because Christ is the ultimate way of reaching God the Father. So going back to James, I think what he's saying here is to to put away the things of this world, put away those ways, put away those actions and that lifestyle, and receive with meekness the implanted word. Okay, so put away that stuff, receive God's word instead. 
Now, I was intrigued by this word meekness. Okay, I think that's a very interesting word for some reason. And basically, I think what it means is that, you know, doing a little bit of research here, is that it means to submit, okay, to be submissive. So to receive with submissiveness the implanted word. All right, so, uh, you know, naturally being, I guess, a, a little bit of a sports fan, um, I thought immediately of MMA, you know, submission in MMA. And what happens whenever, what's interesting whenever, uh, no, I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a trained mixed martial arts fighter. I am not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm basically a fan that watches it every once in a while, not even that often. So in MMA, what happens with a submission is that the fighter is put into a hold and they either tap because they're, you know, on the verge of, of being unconscious or they're in some, they're in, you know, quite a bit of pain and they're at, at a point where they're basically giving up. So they're going to tap to let the other fighter know, you know, I'm done. Or they could be forcefully submitted, okay, where they are basically choked or, you know, knocked unconscious in a, in a way during the submission. And then the ref has to end the fight or, you know, they break an arm or break an ankle or a knee or whatever it is. So there's a forced submission here. All right, so using that analogy a little bit, you know, kind of thinking about this, we kind of have an opportunity here, you know, looking at verse 21 where we can voluntarily give up the, the ways of this world. We can voluntarily put those things aside and pursue God's word and pursue who God is, or he's going to force us to do it. I recently did a, uh, uh, study through revelation and every knee will bow at the feet of Jesus. And those of us that have believed in him and made him our savior and our King, we will have eternal life. And those that don't, do that, they will be forced to recognize the authority of Christ. All right, so they will be forcefully submitted to the authority of of Jesus. So we have the opportunity here to tap and to submit to to God's word and the authority of that that God's word carries, or we will be forced to do so. I would much rather tap <laughs> than have my arm broken or to be knocked unconscious. So. And I want to encourage you guys as well. So anyway, moving forward here, maybe that's not what James is saying here, but that's just kind of what the analogy that that was put into my my mind as I was reading this. So receive the, with meekness, with submissiveness, the implanted word. All right, so this was another part of this verse that I thought was very interesting. So the implanted word. Now, many of you guys know that uh, if you listen to the second part of this James study, I am using uh, David Platt's Christ-Centered Exposition uh, through James as kind of a resource, as kind of a backup for this study as I'm kind of working through it. And it's a, it's a great commentary. I definitely recommend you guys check it out. Um, they There's a whole series of these. They do all kinds of different books of the Bible. I think the plan is to do the entire Bible. They may already have it. I don't know. But they've got a lot of them out. I've got a handful of them myself. So I'm using David Platt's commentary for the book of James in this. And uh, I'm glad I did because I, I would have never have gotten this on my own. So it's not, it's not in a footnote in, in my Bible, but so this implanted word is a reference to something that is prophesied about in Jeremiah 31. So Jeremiah 31, 33 specifically. So in this passage, Jeremiah is, is this is his prophecy for the new covenant coming. Okay. So Jeremiah, it's an old Testament book. It's prior to Jesus. It's prior to Christ being born. 
So this is a prophecy. It's a holy prediction, I guess, in a way, to what is to come about. So in this verses, you know, specifically, I think it's verses 31 through 34. Jeremiah is is prophesying of the the coming of the new covenant. So we're going to skip down to verse 33 in this verse 33. It says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So that's what this prophecy is saying. And right there it mentions, and I will write it on their hearts in reference to the law of God, in this case being the new covenant. So again, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. Okay, the implanted word going back to James 121, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now, uh, Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27, it says something very similar to this. It's a, another prophecy through the prophet Ezekiel. I definitely recommend you guys go check that out. Basically, this is James prophesying what James, I'm sorry, Jeremiah prophesying what James is referencing here. It's this, this moment where the Holy Spirit is entering those that are truly saved, those that are truly God's people, and that wall is written onto our hearts. So the implanted word is a reference to the embedded, the implanted spirit that God has put on, on our hearts. And it's interesting that it says, which is able to save your soul. Cause that is certainly, certainly true. All right. So let's go ahead and look at, uh, verse 22 here. So verse 22 is, is I think an awesome, fantastic verse. I mean, it says, but be doers, of the word and not hearers only. I mean, so how many hearers of the word do we know? I mean, holy cow. So doers of the word, not just hearers. So he's basically telling us to put our faith in action. Like start doing what the word says. Don't just hear it. Start putting it into action. Start doing it. Right, so put faith into action. Live radically. Live faithfully, not for us, not for our own gain, not for our own ambitions, but for Jesus. It all has to glorify him. It all has to come back to him. And, you know, I think <laughs> I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but I think a lot of what is going on within the uh, westernized church, the American church, I think, I think a lot of this has been revealed over the past calendar year that now I'm not, I'm not lumping everybody into this. I mean, it's just basically a, a portion of what's going on with, with American theology and with is being taught in, in churches is that we're viewing it almost like a, a self-help session. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, practical ways to improve our life. And we're looking at, you know, 10 tips for, I don't even know, 10 tips for this, or, you know, here's 10 things to start doing now or three things to whatever. I mean, you, you get what I'm saying at no point or maybe occasionally there is a reference to, to Jesus. The Bible has all kinds of great applications. Obviously it has all kinds of great things that, that we can learn from it, obviously, but it's all pointed back to Jesus. Everything before it points to him. Everything after it points to him. 
it's all a reference to Jesus. So if we are only hearing what this is going back to what we were talking about a, uh, a second ago, if we're only hearing a portion and we're, we're looking at it so that we can try to find, you know, 10 tips for, uh, you know, a better financial future, you know, great thing. Right. But is that ultimately the life of a Christian? What, what it's supposed to be about? No, it's not. All right. So money's like I said in the, in part two, money's a good thing to have. All right. But it's not good when the money has you. So all too often we find too many people that are, are willing to hear a sermon, willing to hear a message, maybe willing to hear, spend 30 minutes on a Sunday morning listening to what a pastor or preacher has to say, maybe again, but then there is no action after that. Nothing is done as a result. It's almost like they, they check their box. All right. I went to church today. God's happy with me. All, all is cool. We check that off and we move on and we go spend three and a half hours watching some kind of sporting event or going hunting or something. Okay. Uh oh. All right. So that's obviously something that I enjoy. That should not come before my time with God. That should not come before my relationship with Christ. You know, there's a reason that we call this this podcast. the The slogan of this podcast is "God, Freedom, and the Great Outdoors." It's because in that order should be the the priorities of what of what life looks like. God should have be the number one priority. Our, our relationship with Him should be number one, and our freedom in Him celebrating that freedom and, and, you know, living that freedom, just as this verse is saying here, living that faith, living that freedom through him, number two, and then everything else after that, you know, we all like to hunt, but that should not be our little G God. You know, I'm, I'm a sports fan. I like to watch football. I like NASCAR. I like basketball. I like sports, but those things should not be come before, before our relationship with Christ. So anyway, back, back to what I was, I was getting at here. Um, like I said, I went down a, a rabbit hole. So verse 22, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Now, I heard this uh, this quote the other day. Um, it says, I think it's from St. Francis of Assisi. I, I, I don't know, maybe a, a terror. I did a terrible job at, at pronouncing that, but it says, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. You know, I think that uh, that that immediately applies to what we're seeing here in verse 22. Be doers of the word, okay? Live the live the gospel. Live the word of God. So live it. Don't just hear it. Don't just hear it, take notes, and then set it aside throughout the week. Go out and, and apply that. Now, um, verses 23 and 24, uh, I kind of combine these two because it's kind of a reference to the same thing. Um, so verse 23 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he was like a... He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what it was like. Now, honestly, I I had a hard time really kind of looking into this, so I had to go back to my, my commentary book a little bit. And once I read, you know, what David Platt had to say about this, it all it all made sense. And basically what he's referencing is someone that hears the law of God, hears the word of God, and then completely ignores or completely forgets what he's hearing, what is actually being said. He's completely missing the the message here. All right, so I'm married, as many of you guys know, and a lot of times I get in trouble with my wife because I will we'll use this reference because I'll go to the grocery store and 
she'll tell me what I need to pick up and I will completely forget and, or I'll complete some, I'll completely forget, you know, a part of it. And she'd be like, it, it was, I told you, I told you what the list was. And if I'm honest with myself, it's just because I probably wasn't listening or I was focused on other things and I was focused on what kind of dessert I was trying to going to pick out. So I missed uh, an important part of the grocery list because of that. And I think, you know, that's obviously a very shallow uh, reference to what is going on here. But basically the point is, is that I wasn't listening to what, you know, I was supposed to be putting into implementing into action here. Or I wasn't listening to, to what she was saying totally intently and missed part of it. All right. And as a result, my action was that I missed part of the grocery list. You know, that's like I said, that's a very shallow reference to what's going on here, but Instead, you know, we should absorb what God is saying, absorb God's word and put that into action. You know, not just looking in the mirror and then completely forgetting who we are as we walk away. Absorb who we are, absorb God's word and put it into action. And then verse 25 to kind of wrap us up here uh, says that, but the one who looks into the perfect wall, the wall of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So this is such a such a good verse. So but the one who looks into the perfect law, which <laughs> James further goes on to say the law of liberty. Okay, we we're just talking about freedom. You know, the one that the law that truly gives us our freedom. Our freedom doesn't come from a country. Our freedom doesn't come from being a citizen of certain places. It comes from Christ. It's a God-given right. It's not something that somebody can take from us unless we're willing to give it up. Now, I'm just not, I'm not talking about just American freedoms here. I'm not talking about, you know, Braveheart, William Wallace, they'll never take our freedoms. But in a way, I guess I kind of am. It's, it's true. Our, our freedom, our liberty, it comes from God. It comes from the law of God. Our sin and our death has been dealt with already because of his faithfulness through his sacrifice on the cross. So his law is what truly gives us freedom. You know, they can tax us, they can, you know, oppress us, they can persecute us, they can do all the things that that they're going to do. But at the end of the day, our freedom doesn't come from that system anyways. It comes from the wall of God, just as it says right here in verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect wall, the wall of liberty, and perseveres. So you look into it and you persevere. We talked about that quite a bit in verse three in part one, looking at that perseverance, those that persevere, not just being a hearer of the word who forgets, but being somebody who does, who is a doer of the word and who acts, those people will be blessed. They will be the ones that are are made holy before God. They're the ones that are set apart with a purpose. They're the ones that will be blessed and will be seen in God's God's righteousness. Those are the ones that, that implement faith will be the ones that live the life. And those that live the life of the gospel will be the ones that are blessed. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Put faith into action. Now, later on in this in this verse, I'm sorry, later on in this uh, study, we're going to get into, you know, faith without works and all that kind of thing. And it's going to be a, a interesting, but right here is when James is laying down that foundation of 
what faith in works looks like. Okay, so faith in action is going to be what what allows people to see the impact of the gospel on our lives. So thank you guys for joining me for this part, this third part of this series. This has been this has been really fun. It's been challenging for me because I've I've really had to go through and and uh you know not just hear what God is saying, but actually do it and put it put it into action and really understand and digest what God is saying here. So it's been challenging for me, you know, in order to be able to, to truly understand what God is trying to say here and to not put my own thoughts into into this because I'm a firm believer that my my beliefs and my opinions you know if they are contrary to what god's word says then then are wrong so it's been a it's been very challenging you know just in this small small portion that we've gotten into and we've got a long way to go so if you guys enjoyed what you heard today go ahead and leave a rating and review on the podcast platform that you're listening on those rating and reviews they just help out as far as getting the word out into uh, podcast land i guess and uh the better a a podcast is doing as far as its its performance goes then the more ears that that podcast has the opportunity to be able to to get into so make sure you leave that rating and review go ahead and click that subscribe button check me out on instagram at rise Kill Eat, and i will see you guys next time